Well, good morning, everybody. It is great to have you worshiping with us this Mother's Day at Faith Bible Church. Before I dive into the message today, I just want to take a moment, and I believe in your bulletins there's a little notice in there, but if not, uh, we want to let everybody know. We are very excited, but also sort of a bittersweet moment. Alyssa and Manasseh are in the back, and we got word from them this week that they have been cleared to head to Cambodia. Uh, so we praise God for it. We know it's been a long time coming, uh, but also we will miss them uh, greatly having had the opportunity to fellowship with them. My understanding is, is that you guys are leaving for Chicago next weekend and that your flight to Cambodia is either Sunday or Monday of next week. Is that correct? So again, just praise God for you. I'm sure that they'll probably be in the lobby after service if you want to give them hugs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, if a couple of people want to gather together, I'm happy to gather with them and we can pray uh, and send you guys off as well after service. We'd love to do that for you. Um, again, keep them in your prayer um, you know, been waiting for a long time, but it sounds like you've gotten the all clear, so we will pray that just the logistics and everything goes well, and obviously we will continue to pray that the Lord leads you uh, in Cambodia, and then hopefully uh, with opportunities to kind of get your fingers back into Myanmar as well. Well, let's take a moment, and again, I want to say Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. I'm going to take a moment and steal the camera and say Happy Mother's Day to my mom. Uh, thank you for putting up with me for all of these years. And then also Happy Mother's Day to Kelly. Thank you for all that you do and the blessing that you are juggling schedules and kind of the demands that life are put on us. And with that, I do want to take a minute and I want to say uh, a blessing to all of the moms out there. And I want to speak to the aspect of motherhood. Um, I find it interesting, over the last several years, been doing some reading on some of the stresses that are placed on moms. Now, you don't have to raise your hand if you don't want to, but I just want to throw out a question to moms today. I think that there are a lot of demands that are placed on you. Uh, you are called to essentially rear the children. Uh, in this world right now, you're also, for many of you, called to have a career, balance those demands, do those kind of things. And one of the things that I would say, at times, moms can become overwhelmed. Moms can become sort of distraught over the demands that are placed upon them. And so I want to encourage you today. This message, I pray, brings about a joy to your hearts, demonstrates the importance of having a faith in Christ, but also gives you some wisdom really in what to focus on as you are rearing your children. I'm going to read something, and this is an article that was written in Newsweek back in 2005 discussing the stress on mothers of that day. I would propose, as I'm watching and as I'm seeing, that that stress has increased over the last several years since the writing of this article. Some of you might be familiar with Judith Warner's writing. This article is entitled Mommy Madness. It then went on to be a book of which discussed the challenges that are out there of being a mom. And this is what it states. I read that 70% of American moms say they find motherhood today incredibly stressful. 30% of mothers of young children reportedly suffer from depression. 909 women in Texas recently told researchers they find taking care of their kids about as much fun as cleaning their house, slightly less pleasurable than cooking, and a whole lot less enjoyable than watching TV. And I wondered, why do so many otherwise competent and self-aware women lose themselves when they become mothers? Why do so many of us feel so out of control? And the biggest question of all, 
Why has the most liberated and privileged group of women in America, or that America has ever seen, driven themselves crazy in this quest for perfect mommydom? Now again, I don't need you to raise your hand and stand up and agree with Matt, but I am proposing out there that moms are under a tremendous amount of stress. So the first thing that I want to tell you to all moms out there is, you're doing a great job. Keep moving forward. Keep doing what God has called you to do. But this morning, I also want to encourage you and say, where are you placing your focus? What's most important? Where are some aspects that you can really target and be encouraged in your faith by watching something that we've seen in Scripture? Today's message is titled, A Mother's Faith. And what I want to tell you is, in a moment, we're going to discover an individual who will carry the faith, the Christian faith, for quite some time after the writings of Paul. We're going to look at an individual by the name of Timothy. In fact, two letters written by Paul are written directly to Timothy, Paul's protege. But I also want to encourage you and tell you that as important as Paul was to Timothy, we're going to discover in a minute that the real heroes of Timothy's faith are his mother and his grandmother. And ladies, what I want to encourage you in is don't ever think that your impact on your son or your daughter is in vain when you are working to rear them in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're going to ask a question, simply this. As a mother, how can I be assured that I'm doing what's best for my child? I would propose that out there, moms and fathers, if you are watching and looking as well, Really, what you are after is what is best for your son or daughter or children. Isn't that true? And so what is best for your child? What really, at the end of the day, is best for him or her? And I please, when I say all of this, recognize I am encouraging you, engaging your son or daughter or children in activities. I am all for them trying new things. I am all for them experiencing the world. I am all for them learning and growing in music, arts, sports, intelligence, education, whatever that might be. But I also want to encourage you in something. Not at the cost of your sanity, their faith, and your overall joy. One of the things that I would encourage young families with is being very careful about the busyness of life and the hurriedness to do everything for your child at the cost of their faith or your sanity and your overall joy. And so this morning, when we look at this text, there are a few things that I really want to encourage you with as we watch how the movement of Timothy has grown the gospel for Christ's name's sake. If you guys have your Bibles, we're going to take a look at the beginning part of 2 Timothy. Real fast, this is the second letter that Paul is writing to Timothy. There's two major purposes in it. The main purpose of the letter is to summon Timothy to Rome but then also encourage Timothy in being steadfast in his faith as well as defending the true doctrine of Christianity and going against the false doctrines that are out there. But here's the thing. In the very beginning, you almost read over the first five verses. But yet that's what's so important as we talk about a mother's and a grandmother's faith today. We're in 2 Timothy 
The first five verses reads, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God, the Father, and Christ Jesus, our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve, as my forefathers did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Interestingly enough, friends, we're seeing a letter that's written by Paul to Timothy, but right in the beginning, he's crediting the sincere faith that he sees in Timothy to two women. Ladies, don't ever, ever, ever think that you don't have extreme importance to the movement of the Christian faith, to the message of the gospel, to the rearing of a son or a daughter in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Interestingly enough, what we find out is Paul will use Timothy as his protege. Timothy will be the one who will carry the Christian faith after Paul is martyred. He will be the one that will advance the gospel, move the Christian faith forward. And what we also find is Paul is looking at Timothy and recognizing that his faith is solid. In Romans 16.21, we see the writing, Timothy, and then Paul credits, my fellow worker sends his greeting to you. So this isn't somebody that Paul is essentially moving entirely forward. Yes, he is. But what Paul is saying is as he looks at Timothy, he recognizes that Timothy's faith is strong, it is sincere, it is authentic, it is solid, and it is prepared. And then we read in 2 Timothy, to whom is the credit given for that solidarity, that preparation, and that foundation? To Lois and Eunice, grandmother and mother of Timothy. The other thing that I think is interesting too, we read in Philippians, Paul says this about Timothy. I have... No one else like him. Talk about a resume. Talk about a reference. Hi, I'm Timothy. I'm looking for a job. Paul, would you do me a favor? Could you write me a reference about being a promoter of the gospel? This is what you would want on your resume. This is the kind of reference that you would want. I have no one else like him who takes a genuine interest in your welfare. For everyone looks out for his own interests, not those of uh, Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. Incredible reference to who Timothy is, but we find that the credit really comes from Lois and Eunice, grandmother and mother. And so one of the things that I would say is what can you do as a mother? What are some things or keys that would encourage you today on how to do what is best for your child or children? And the first thing that I would encourage you all in is simply this, to model for your child a Christ-like faith. Model for your child a Christ-like faith. What does this mean? 
Well, the first thing that I want to ask is simply this. When your son or daughter looks at you, do they see Christ reflected out of you? Do they see a faith? Do they see something in you that is different from the world? How are you modeling it to them? And friends, what I want to tell you, and I want to challenge you in this lovingly, is it goes way beyond just coming to church on Sunday. That's not a bad thing. But friends, it's wholly one thing to come and sit in church and then to leave and not to model Jesus Christ the other six days of the week. So how do you model Christ to them? In those hard moments, in those moments where the world would say, seek revenge, get vengeance. In those moments where it would say, fight for your rights, fight for your privileges. Do you go the way of the world or do you model the service of Jesus Christ? Do you model Christ? Do you model mercy, grace, forgiveness, love, compassion, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control? When your child looks at you, do they see more of Christ? Or do they see more of the world? And friends, what I want to tell you is simply this. With God's help, with the Holy Spirit within you, with a desire to be a modeler of Jesus Christ, you can do this through the help and the leading and the guidance of scriptures and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. This isn't something that is impossible, but it is something that I will tell you takes a desire every single day. And what I want to do, first and foremost, is I don't want to just say this is to ladies. This is a sermon on, obviously, a mother's faith and the impact that is there. But guys, it's the same thing, and it's true of you as well. How are you modeling Jesus to them? And I'll be 100% honest with you. There are moments where I'm just hitting it out of the park, and there are moments when I just need to go home and tuck tail and run. But keep moving. Be honest with your children about your faith. Demonstrate to them, talk to them, and show them these moments because they're watching. They are soaking things up. They are looking and wanting some form of modeling so that they understand. And friends, what I want to tell you is when we look here and we discover what's written about Timothy, when we see his sincere faith, we see that Paul has said, I'm crediting both Lois and Eunice. Those two are the ones who reared Timothy in the Christian faith and has prepared him for service. Interestingly enough, what we find a little bit later in this letter in chapter 3 being written about Timothy Paul says this, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from who you learned it. Don't miss that. Continue in what you have learned because you know from those whom have learned it. Who are those? Lois and Eunice. They're the ones. They are the ones who modeled their faith to you and have instilled that in you. Now, please hear me. What I want to tell you is salvation doesn't transfer. <laughs> 
please hear me on this. It does not mean that Timothy is fine because Lois and Eunice had a strong faith, so he kind of gets to slide in. He needs to own his own faith. He needs to know Jesus Christ as his Savior. However, the faith of Christ has been modeled by both Lois and Eunice. And it has instilled or prepared a strong foundation for Timothy to move forward in his work of the gospel. It continues on and it says, And how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures. I just want to take a minute and just encourage all of you Please don't ever feel guilty. I'm not saying that now you need to leave here and like seven days a week, 24 hours a day, you know, shove the Bible in front of your kids. But what I want to ask is this. Are you giving them scripture? Are you taking some of these wonderful books that have been written and showing them pictures and demonstrating them to them, the faith of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Are they seeing you read the scriptures? Are you telling them about Jesus? Are you walking with them and helping them when they have questions? I'll be honest with you, sometimes I will tell you as much studying as I've done, some of the hardest questions that are asked are by our three, almost four-year-old son, Noah. A lot of them are like, wow, that's a really good question. And you move forward and you do what you can to demonstrate either the answer in scripture or the unknown but the faithfulness of saying, you know what, I don't know, but God is a big God and we trust and have faith in him. So, ladies, Lovingly, maybe start there. Maybe say, you know what? I'm gonna take a couple of times during the day with my son or my daughter or my kids and I'm just gonna show them. I'm gonna look and demonstrate to them the Christian faith. I'm gonna model it for them. The other thing that I wanna tell you is this. Some of those hard moments are the best moments to model your faith. I watch Kelly, I watch what she does, and I will tell you, we are very fortunate and very blessed, but we have some very hard things going on in our life right now. And watching her and her faithfulness, her encouragement, her steadfastness, her trust in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ demonstrates not only to me, but to the other children in our family, the solidarity of our Savior and the faithfulness of our God. And she models it well. She models it well. So friends, one of the things that I would say is model for your child a Christ-like faith. But the next thing that I would encourage you in with is this next statement. Invest in activities that inspire a Christ-like faith. There's so much going on out there, and again, please hear me, I am all for kids learning and growing in the arts, growing in sports, growing in their education, growing in their opportunities. But lovingly, what I would ask of you is take a moment and assess your week or your month and look and say, how much of the external investments that are there, right, are 
Christ-centered or Christ-based versus not. Now, please hear me, okay? I totally get it. Kids have school, they have education, they have needs. Yes. But what I want to ask is simply this. Is there a platform that is provided for your child that gives them an opportunity to have their faith grown? Whether it's youth group, whether it's coming to church, whether it's getting together with another group of moms or other families and demonstrating the faith of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The next thing that I would say is this. Take opportunities to place your son or daughter or children in activities that model a Christ-like faith. Summer camps, weekend trips, opportunities to rear and demonstrate to them the faith of our Lord and Savior. The other thing that I would say, and this is a little different than modeling for your child a Christ-like faith, the next one is take time to instill in your child your Christ-like faith. So modeling, okay, in this idea is somewhat of the external, them seeing, them looking, them watching, them seeing how you react to other people, them seeing that Jesus goes way beyond just Sunday mornings. But this one is the harder one. This one is the deeper one. Are you sharing your faith with your child? Have you talked to them about Jesus? Have you gone to them and said, this is why I believe what I believe. This is who Jesus is, and this is why I and we worship him. Because what I'm going to tell you is, your kids are curious. And the more that you show them, and the more that you invest in them, and the more that you demonstrate your Christ-like faith, the more they're going to see and want to know. Again, caveat, salvation doesn't transfer. But I will tell you this, if you're not speaking to them about Jesus, if they don't see it in you, why would you expect them to have a faith in Christ? You're the parent. You're the one who has the responsibility Yes, lovingly, the church will do what it can do. Yes, lovingly, the church will provide the programs that are there to aid, guide, and direct. But ultimately, it's your responsibility. And guys, it's your responsibility as well. We look and we see in 2 Timothy, this is the part that I think is so encouraging about what is stated in these scriptures. Paul writes, I have been reminded of your sincere faith, stating that of Timothy, of whom he's summoning to Rome, of which Paul knows that his days are coming to a close, from which Timothy will then take the gospel and move the Christian faith forward. But then he credits it. And he says, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. Where did it start? Where was the seed planted? From Lois and Eunice. The modeling that they had, the rearing of Timothy, the sharing of their faith to 
him. And then Paul writes, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Paul comes and essentially has Timothy as his protege. But the foundation, the layers of what Paul sees in Timothy and how he's been prepared are not credited to himself. He credits Lois and Eunice. We don't read much other than this, so this is just mere supposition. But I would bet that somewhere in there, as Timothy was growing, both Lois and Eunice took time to model, invest, and instill in Timothy their Christ-like faith. So the next question that I want to ask is this. Is there an opportunity for you, whether it's reading scriptures with your son or daughter or children, or maybe finding a devotional, a family devotional that you can do, 10, 15 minutes a day. Maybe just start simply with taking some time and saying, we're going to find a family devotional that we can all work with. We're going to do it two times a week. Start there. And little by little, encourage and grow your kids in their walk and faith with Jesus. Take an opportunity. Maybe look and see. We put out, essentially, questions each week on the sermon. Utilize those. Maybe go and say, hey, Keith, what is going on in youth group? Keith puts out summaries of what's been taught. Take that and say, hey, guys, what did you learn in youth group? Let's sit down. Let's talk about it. Let's go from that. Use those foundations to instill a faith in your children. And here's the next thing that I want to encourage you with. Some of you might be single moms, and you might say, it is hard. And please hear me. I get it. I get it. But what I want to encourage you in is this. In a moment, we're going to see that even in a divided home, you can share your Christ-like faith. Notice something. When Paul writes these words, who are the two people that are credited? Lois and Eunice. Where's the father? Where's the dad? Well, what we come to find out is that the dad is either there and not a believer, or he's not present. We're not 100% sure. I'm going to show that to you in a minute. But what I want to encourage you in is don't feel that if you are a single mom or you are in a divided home, meaning faith-based, you have faith in Christ and your husband does not, that you shouldn't continue to move forward and share your Christ-like faith. Trust God move forward, and allow him to do the great work that is there. Don't feel that you are at a disadvantage. The other quick thing, and I'm going to flip this in a minute. Guys, pick up your game. Pick up your game. For those 
that are not in divided homes, men, hear me. You are the spiritual leader of the home. Doesn't mean you are above your wife. It doesn't mean that you are better than your wife. But you are the one who has the responsibility for the spiritual foundation of your family. It lays on you. And so in this, my strong word of encouragement is to man up, to be the leader, to demonstrate Christ, and to support your wife who is doing all of these things. Guys, there is a huge impact that you have on your children. They desperately need your leadership, godly leadership, demonstrating faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But for those of you that maybe are in a divided home or are single parents, don't ever feel as if it is impossible or God has forsaken you. Because right here, what we see is Timothy has a strong faith and it is not credited to the father who was either present but not a believer or absent in entirety of Timothy's rearing. And that's the next thing that I would encourage you with is allow others to impact your child with their Christ-like faith. What we see here is that Lois and Eunice are credited with the foundation of Timothy's faith. But we also see that Paul has become essentially Timothy's mentor, Timothy's leader, Timothy's essentially provider, discipler. To the point of which Paul speaks of Timothy as a son. Not biologically, but spiritually, a mentor. And so the next thing that I want to show you is this. Ladies and men, first and foremost, look around, some of you that are younger, that have kids, and find someone in the church that you're like, you know, I really want my son or daughter to get to know that person. I want my son or daughter to be impacted by that person or persons. They model Jesus well. I want them to spend time with those individuals. Now, I'm also going to flip it. Some of you that are modeling Jesus well that are older, take the opportunity to go to some of the younger families I love the craziness of the church and watching some of these kids leave to go and be taught about Jesus. They are the future of the church. And so lovingly, go to them. Encourage them. Bless them. Go to a mom that is rearing kids and say, hey, you're doing an awesome job. We're proud of you. Keep going. We can't wait to see what's going to happen with little Johnny or little Susie or whomever the children are. My question to you is this. Are you encouraging them? Are you pouring into them? One of the things that I think is so great about this congregation is the diversity of age. We've got little kids running around and we've got seasoned saints who have walked well. There's a huge opportunity there. I look and I realize some of the greatest blessings as I try to rear my children are those moments when others come and pour Christ into them. 
because they see beyond me my faith, a real faith that is in someone else. Somebody can maybe say it better than I can. Those moments when you've said things for time and time again, right? And you're sitting there and you're like, when are they going to get it? And then the next thing you know, they go somewhere and somebody tells them something and they get it. It's kind of maddening, isn't it? You're like, I've been telling you that for months. It's okay. At the end of the day, so I don't get the credit, they do. Praise God that finally someone has spoken to them and they understand it. Question. Young families with kids, moms, look around. Maybe there's a mom out there that's older that you want to say, hey, I would love to sit down and have a cup of coffee with you. I would love to sit down and ask you some questions. Seasoned saints, maybe you look around and you reach out and just say, hey, would you ever want to go get a cup of coffee so I can just sit and hear how things are going and encourage you, let you know that yes, it gets better or yes, it is good or yes, I understand that these moments are challenging. This is what we went through. This is what God did and encourage them to keep moving forward. Now, the other thing that's interesting is, and this is where we discover essentially what I've been talking about before, about the Father. In Acts 16.1, we read this, speaking, okay, a little bit about the history behind who Timothy is. It says, he came to Derby and then to Lystra, okay, where a disciple named Timothy lived. And then we have an understanding. Whose mother was a Jewess and a believer, but, okay, don't ever, like I've always said this, whenever you see a but in the Bible, take notice. But, whose father was a Greek. That's all that's mentioned. Not a believer, not a follower of Jesus Christ. So what we know of the father is that either he was present, but not instilling a Christ-like faith, and it fell upon, obviously, Lois and Eunice, and or he was not present really in the rearing of Timothy. And so Paul moved forward and did that. So that's why we go back and I speak to the fact of being in a divided home to take faith and to continue to move forward. But then also move forward for those of you that could mentor someone in their faith with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Ladies, there's great opportunities out there. Men, there's great opportunities out there. What are we doing to instill that faith in others? Watching my mom rear me, now being a father, watching Kelly rear our kids, it's incredibly demanding, but it's also an incredible privilege to watch and see how we do what we can to instill Jesus in our kids, to model Christ for them. And I've told you before, some days we hit it out of the park and others we, do, we don't. Lovingly, I'll tell you, and, and I'll just go a little bit, God bless Kelly, I love her to death. Um, some of my poor rearingness comes in moments of soccer games where I feel that there's a bad call by the ref. <laughs> And God bless Kelly. 
She just politely reminds me, do you want to get out there and make the call? And I have to eat crow, and I'm humbled by the manner and the perspective that she brings. But she also turns to me and she says, be careful because people are watching. People are watching how you react and what you do and how you move and what you say. It's because of her that she instills a great faith. Now, my faith is my own, but she's a great reminder of the importance of modeling Jesus to others. Demonstrating Christ. Walking. Moms, to all of you out there, I want you to recognize the great joy, the great blessing, the great privilege it is to rear children. But my strong encouragement to you that at the end of the day, what really matters for your son or daughter is doing your best to demonstrate and model a Christ-like faith for them through these certain aspects. Modeling for them your faith, investing in activities that inspire a Christ-like faith, taking time to instill in your child your Christ-like faith, realizing that if you are a single parent, you are not abandoned or left alone, that God will still work mightily through you And then also take a moment and look and find others that you say, I want my son or daughter to spend time with that person and ask them. And then lovingly, for those of you, if you are asked, take some time. Pour into those kids because they're the future of our church. I want to move forward and I want to reinstill this for a minute. Recognize that Paul is the largest contributor to the New Testament. His writings on a percentage basis are the greatest contribution to the New Testament of scriptures. But Paul here is recognizing that he has a young protege in Timothy. Oftentimes in men's speaking, we speak to guys and we say, okay, who's a Paul and find your Timothy, right? That's what's going on here. But at the end of the day, guess who gets the credit for Timothy's faith? Lois and Eunice. Mother and grandmother. Actually, it would be grandmother and mother. They're the ones. They're the ones who instill in Timothy his faith. Paul is then martyred in Rome and Timothy continues the work of the gospel. Take home truth. This is what I want to leave you with this morning. The best a mother can do for their child is to encourage him or her into a Christ-like faith with all of these other aspects there. Ladies, moms, you can do it. Guys, Recognize the precious gift you have been given in your wife. Support, encourage, pour into her, and pour into your kids as well. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning. We thank you for this message on a mother's faith. We thank you for this just brief insight into the ministry of Timothy. And we thank you that Paul so wisely 
And so evidently credits the individuals who instilled in Timothy his faith, which are Lois and Eunice. Father, in that, may we recognize the great importance that we have, the great privilege that we have with children. Moms, I pray that you would be encouraged in watching and in looking at how these two did this for Timothy, how Timothy then moved forward and promoted the gospel to many. I pray also, Father, in those moments where mothers might feel overwhelmed with the demands that are placed upon them, that they would recognize that you are with them, that you care for them, that you were cheering them on. Father, I pray too that they would find encouragement and support with other moms around them, with other moms in the church, with other moms in the community. And Father, I pray that also they would be having an opportunity to have other people come and encourage them in their faith. At the end of the day, the best thing that we can do for our kids is to demonstrate Christ to them praying that ultimately that they will place their faith and trust in you and they too will then move forward and rear and place their faith or demonstrate their faith to their children. With that, Lord, we trust the leading and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for a day where we get to celebrate moms and I pray that we would do so. We would recognize the great joy, blessing, and privilege it is to have them. We thank you. We love you. We pray these things in your name, dear Jesus. We ask it by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And all God's children say, Amen. Amen.